Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of MSTA Presents. Uh, it's uh, I'd like to say it would be a weekly podcast, but we do it as often as we, we have time to do. I, I have a, a special guest with us today. I'm excited to have Daryl Snyder. Daryl is the executive director for PSRS Peers. So, Daryl, thank you for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you, Todd, for uh, for having me. Yeah, Daryl and I, I mean, we've known each other for a, a very long time. Our daughters have been in dance together. Uh, they went to the same high school together. They've been friends for years. Uh, so we've known each other both uh, in the professional world and in the personal world. Um, so we've always had opportunities to talk, but it's been a while since we've been able to get together and talk about uh, what's going right. on with PSR's peers and and what's going on with the market and uh, how things are going with the job and that sort yeah, of thing. Absolutely. So I'm excited to be able to to get back together with you. Um, we thought we'd start a little bit with talking about the makeup of the board. And some of our members know that uh, MSTA member Katie Webb ha- was elected to the board back in no was it November or December. Um, or, yes. Um, yeah, did I catch you I, off? I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. So we, we went through the election process. Uh, Katie is the newest. She is the newest yes, member she on is the, the board. Member of the board. Yeah. And so Daryl has had the opportunity to, to meet Katie. I've known Katie for for several years working with MSTA. Um, but the the board is. I don't know if everyone understands how the board is organized and and right. how it's structured. And I was hoping you could kind of walk everyone through that. Well, it's a great question because the board is somewhat unique. It, it's unique compared to other retirement systems that we look at around the country. And it's unique because it's a seven-member board of trustees uh, made up of five individuals that are educators or former educators. So um, Katie, of course, is, is our newest board member, and uh, she is a, a teacher in, in Hannibal, um, and, and she was elected to the board. There's three other individuals that are elected to the board. Um, two of those individuals are PSRS members. One is, is a peers member. So if you, if you look at um, our chair, uh, our board chair, Jason Staliga, from, coming from the Kansas City area, um, as well as we do have a superintendent on the board, Dr. Kyle Collins from, from Brookfield, and then also uh, Ali Gassman from here in Columbia that serves as a parents as teachers uh, teacher. Um, and so we, ha- we have a good makeup there. And then plus we have our, our vice chair, was appointed by the governor, and she's a retiree from the St. Okay. Louis area. Beth Knace um, serves on the board as well. So five out of the seven are are members of the system. Okay, and I think that's kind of a unique uh, structure. So I yeah, and I, I think it's important because uh, they're you know in more ways than one invested into the system. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know if if everyone understands what their responsibilities are. I mean, it's not just. A, a board that's sometimes there are boards that are there kind of for show or mm. pageantry and that is this is a working board um, and, and I know that you work directly with them I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that as well it, it is a working board and we meet six times a year um, and, and they oversee uh, a number of different policies charters they're able to set board regulations uh, which really serve with uh, really uh, have the same weight as as a law and they provide us with direction and they provide us with guidance and they hold um, um, myself as mm-hmm. well as our staff accountable and so whenever we meet we spend uh, a great deal of time with the board on a variety of subject matters whether it is our uh, investment portfolio 
portfolio or the services that we uh, provide to to our membership. Um, obviously, state statute is what uh, governs us overall. And so we, we spend time talking about uh, legislation that's out there and what impact that may have on the systems. Um, but it's certainly a, a heavy lift for yeah. a board member, just depending on what their background has been. Um, there's there's uh, quite a few things to, to uh, become familiar with. And I oftentimes say when, when new board members uh, begin, it sometimes takes a year or two to go through the cycles of our retirement system to really get a grasp on on everything that that is going on and the complexities of the system. What is their terms? What, how long do they serve? Four year Four terms. Mm-hmm. You know, you you used a word a second ago that, um, and I've I've heard I it's been used for years with PSRS peers, and I, I I find it unique and interesting. But you. You call retirees mm-hmm. or people in the system members, right? Um, and I think that that is uh, you're you're doing it with intention. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I've always wondered. I mean, when you think of of those individuals as members, what does that mean to the the staff, the employees of PSRS peers? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what it means to me, and, and that is that. You might think of them as uh, customers or clients, but I think of them as more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, they are members of the system because they're putting in, well, now for teachers in PSRS, 14.5% of their pay, uh, and they are entrusting us with those dollars so that we can prepare for their retirement someday. Um, and, and that's a responsibility that we take seriously. And they're also members in the sense that they deserve the very best and highest level mm-hmm. service that we can provide. Um, I've always said that to to our team at PSRS, and I know our folks believe it through and through, and that is that our members should receive the highest level of service that's on par with any bank, with any financial institution. Um, think about the, the nice restaurant that you may sure. go to in your community or that nice host hotel that you choose to stay at and that level of service that you expect. That's what you should expect from us as well. Sure. Uh, and so we certainly take that seriously. I, I've always been impressed by the customer service acumen that, that you have as an organization. I mean, there are several individuals that work for PSRS peers that their sole responsibility is customer service. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if everyone understands that or, or realizes how that works and, and, and what goes into that process for, for you all. Yeah, it starts at the very beginning. When you look at our member services team, which is a little over 50 individuals, um, it's a very diverse group. In other words, we have individuals that counsel members over the phone and and, and take a number of phone calls. We have individuals that travel the state and conduct seminars. We have individuals that conduct webinars. And so we we deliver services in a variety of different ways. And then you look at our communications team Mm -hmm. and we think about what we put out there on our website, what we uh, really put at the fingertips of our members um, so that they can receive really good information. And so I really think it starts from day one when somebody begins to work at PSRS Peers. And I think that attracts employees to us, that this is not just an organization that is just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. You know, there's really nobody holding us back but ourselves. And so we're constantly trying to, to, to strive to be just a little bit better each day in what we do and, and obviously the services that we deliver. Sure. Yeah. And when it comes to investments, banking, any of those industries, I, the, the customer service, and I'm not in PSRS peers, and I've still recognized the, uh, 
the level of customer service and how important it is to the organization Thank when you. I've interacted and worked with you all. Thank you. Um, let's, so the question everybody always wants to talk about or ask is, what, what's going on with the market? How is the market affecting <laughs> PSRS peers? And so I thought we could dive a little bit into that. You know, this sure. is surface uh, to a certain degree, but we're not going to spend an hour in this podcast talking about the market, but we can talk a little bit about where things are and uh, what's going on with the market in terms of PSRS peers right now. Yeah, it, it's certainly been a, a volatile time. And uh, you're probably uh, just like me, where you're kind of tired of talking about the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I certainly am. But it's still playing a part in the markets and, and what we've experienced. And, you know, you just go back a few years and think about shutting the entire economy down. Mm -hmm not just in the United States, not just in your city, but really around the globe, and shutting that econ economy down. And then you, you had the layoffs that you saw, like right whenever the pandemic began, you have the stimulus checks from the federal government that come in. Uh, and then you have this pent up demand where people are spending money like crazy, oh, sure. trying to catch up for the time that they lost uh, during the pandemic. And, and, and then you have higher inflation that shoots up and now you have the Federal Reserve that is raising interest rates, really mm -hmm. trying to tame that inflation that could have an impact. And we certainly don't know yet whether we're going to be faced with a recession uh, in the upcoming months or, or years and, and to what degree that recession looks like. It is a challenging time. And when, when I sit here and I reflect on, on everything that's happened over the last three years, it is certainly a time where I am thankful that we have PSRS peers. And I'm thankful that we have a very well diversified portfolio that has weathered these storms mm -hmm. for the last 76 years and will continue to, to, to weather those storms. And, um, you, you know, whenever you think about the defined benefit plan and that stream of income that comes into you uh, as a retiree on a monthly basis, uh, our retirees are just very fortunate. Mm -hmm that they don't have to take into account the volatility that we're seeing in the markets right now because we certainly are seeing volatilities we've had some of our best years uh, like in fiscal year 21 we've had a, a terrible year in 2022 we were good from a relative standpoint mm -hmm. but the entire market was down substantially in in 22 but i'm thankful that our retirees don't have to consider that volatility to that degree and I, I don't know if i've told you todd but um my, my mother is a, a retiree from a bank in, yeah. in Springfield. And uh, after 50 years of employment, she has a, a 401k. Mm -hmm. We're actually meeting with her financial advisor um, next week. And we're, we're, we're talking about, okay, she has this money. What, is, what has the market done to this money? Because even bonds have gone down sure. in value over this time. And, and how do we tap into this? And it's a challenge. Yeah. You know, I've I'm fortunate my mom and stepfather both in PSRS uh, and so they have been a part of the system and they've been retired in the system for uh, at least my stepfather for almost a decade and a half and my oh, mom good. so getting close to a decade and the the level of um, security the feeling of security that you have knowing that you have that defined benefit there mm -hmm. I think makes a difference rather than worrying or being concerned about the volatility of a 401k. I watch my personal 401k <laughs> right. uh, looks like I'm climbing a mountain and then sliding down the other side at certain points over the course of the last And aren't you years. glad you're not having to tap into that oh, right now? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Because that timing of that, 
yes. uh, can, can really have an impact on, on your personal portfolio. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so you're, you're right. And, and being able to have some kind of a plan that you can rely on, I think, is, is very helpful. And, and it's the kind of thing we talk about all the time when we talk to uh, individuals from other states even, uh, or individuals from other associations outside of education mm-hmm. about the, the value and the benefit of having something like this for, for, for teachers and for members. Yeah, um, you know, I have to share with you real quick, yeah. you're talking about your family and retirees. We have over 100,000 retirees right now that wow. we pay a monthly benefit to. So we pay out about $3.4 billion a year in retirement benefits. And when you look at those, it's roughly 103,000 individuals. We have over 13,000 that are in their 80s. Wow. So when you think about, okay, they probably retired maybe somewhere in their 50s. Now they're in their 80s. 13,000 are in their 80s. We have about 2,500 that are in their 90s. And right now we have 69 individuals that are over the age of 100. Wow. So that consistency, and think about the volatility that I just described and mm-hmm. what we went through with COVID. They didn't have to worry about, is my benefit check gonna be there? Well, to, to have a plan that is still stable um, with longevity having changed since PSRS was created. When, what, what 1946. Yeah, so <laughs> longevity and the number of years an, an individual would be a part of the plan is, I would assume, drastically different than it was in 1946. Definitely. Versus 2023. <laughs> and yet, we're still, you're still able to, as the numbers have increased in the system, um, you're still able to, to maintain a system for all of those individuals. Yeah, we're extremely fortunate. And a lot of that goes back to the structure of PSRS, not only the governance structure, but the way it was created through state statute. And that is that um, we're a well-funded system. So when you look at all the promises that have been made to our educators, and we set here today over 85% pre-funded uh, for PSRS, over 87% pre-funded for peers. We're in a really solid position, and it's very different than, unfortunately, some of the retirement systems that we look at sure. across the country. But I think the, a, a big key of that is that our school districts and our educators have always funded the system properly. Mm-hmm. They've always paid exactly what's been asked of them whenever we run our actuarial numbers, we do our valuation every year, and they've paid exactly what's been asked of them in order to fund the system, fund those promises properly. You know, we started to talk about this a little bit, so maybe this is the the time to go into it into a little more detail, but um, you and I, before we got started with the podcast, were talking about trends a little bit in terms of people retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you mentioned some of the numbers there, but uh, I was wondering if we could go into a little bit more detail about that. Yeah, you know, when we entered into uh, COVID uh, and we approached July of 2020, we saw the retirement numbers dip just a little bit. And the reason I say July uh, is because the vast majority of our teachers retire at the end of a school year. Mm -hmm. They retire July 1st. Um, And so we saw those numbers dip a little bit, which which is consistent with what we have seen. And and I remember during the recession in 0809, when times get tough, and people wonder about the stability of the world, mm-hmm. they tend to hold on to their job. Yes. And, and they say, okay, I've got, I have good insurance. I know what I'm getting myself into. I'm gonna hold on to that job. Well, that's what they did in July of 2020. And then we saw a pretty big increase in retirements 
in July of 2021 with uh, just over a 9% increase year over year mm-hmm. in retirement numbers. And then in July of 22, we saw an additional 12.5% increase in retirements. Uh, so there's there's been sort of that maybe pent up uh, uh, demand, so to speak, sure. where we, we are seeing those numbers increase. Now they have backed off a little bit this year. When I look at the retirement applications and the pace of which they're coming in this year, they have backed off just a little bit compared to last. What is the, so 9% and 12%, what would be the average? What would you have seen before COVID um, during, you know, maybe the, 2015 to before that. I mean, what would be the average in terms of? Yeah, in a July retirement, just for PSRS, about 2,000 okay. people, about okay. 2,000 retirees uh, that submit their retirement applications that that uh, contact their school district and say, I'm officially retiring. Okay, so that percentage is, I mean, significantly increased over the those two I mean nine percent to twelve percent is kind of a yeah so if you look at uh, 2022 yeah you're up to over 2400 yeah so you go from about 2,000 to over 2400 teachers yeah. uh, that are retiring and so I, I think what a lot of people were assuming was oh we're gonna see that number double it's not gonna be 12 percent it's gonna be 50 percent but I, I don't think everyone was taking into account what that really means when somebody is considering stopping doing something they've done for 30 plus years, 25 to 30 years. So, yeah, you know, it's a huge topic and it's one that we focus at the retirement system on the financial side. And we focus on uh, helping people through that process, make good decisions. These are, these are uh, decisions that last a lifetime. What we don't talk as much about uh, has to do with the social side mm-hmm. and, and the social interaction. And I know that's a huge piece for our members as well because we hear that uh, from them as they think about what their next chapter looks like. When, what, what you mean by that is, are you, are you talking about um, what does life look at like after retirement? What is that what you're thinking or saying? Or Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, um, Steve Yoakum, our former executive director, retired a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and, and he made a comment to me at the time uh, that I, I still think about today. And that is that when you think about retirement, make sure you're running to something and you're not running from something. That's good and advice. I, yeah, I, I absolutely think it's, it's great advice. Mm-hmm. And you think about what are you running to? Now, again, this is not in our wheelhouse at PSRS Peers. We're not, you know, guidance counselors in, in that realm. Um, but I think it's, it's really good advice as people approach retirement is to think about what does that next chapter look like and what are you running to? Yeah, I, I like that. And, and I, I think that works regardless of whether you're in education or, or any field. I mean, that's something you need to consider when you're yeah. starting to think about those those next steps and and what what does the story look like on the on the other side of retirement right right um, so I, it's funny because this time of year we're here at the association um, Bruce was just at a um, a retirement kind of banquet mm-hmm. two nights ago and so we're starting to hear about individuals that are going through the process and so mm-hmm. in our mind we're thinking oh it's retirement season but <laughs> for from your perspective retirement season and, and those that were thinking about it started months ago yeah exactly <laughs> um so what what has that been like what is that looking like and and is it too late for somebody who is thinking oh, maybe i want to stop this year or 
you know, because they yeah, yeah. contract wise, they haven't had to make that decision yet. They haven't had right. to sign a contract for 23, 24. Yeah. So what, what is, what was happening a couple months ago yeah. and what does somebody, what should somebody who right now is starting to think about it, what should they do? Right. Well, it's certainly not too late on our okay. end. People could still uh, apply for retirement, of course, for a July 1 retirement date. Uh, we see quite a flurry of activity that really starts around the holidays. Uh, it's funny whenever schools tend to close yeah. around the holidays, the number of people that set up one-on-one -on -one meetings or travel to Jefferson City or just set up phone counseling or one-on-one -on -one Zoom calls with us uh, really tick up during that time period. And we start to see retirement applications come in. By now, here we set in, in the middle of April, mm -hmm. uh, we probably have about half of the retirement applications in for the okay. month of July. So again, it, it's still not too late, but it is quite a process to go sure. through. It's not an intimidating process, but it's one that we, you need to be very thoughtful about as you go through it. Uh, as a matter of fact, a couple years ago, we did a presentation at a conference, and it, it was kind of funny. I don't remember the exact title, but it was basically, the, here's a top 10 list of ways to screw up your retirement. <laughs> a, a great, great title for, <laughs> right. a, for a, comp, for a yeah. workshop. It's eye-catching. It right? is. Um, but you really think about, okay, what do I need to do to retire? And, and one of the first ways, I'm going to tell you, mm -hmm. it seems so basic, and that is you need to terminate. Now, you're like, wait, wait a minute. You need to terminate. Yeah, you actually, we have a board regulation that complies with the IRS that says you need to leave employment. And so we tell people that as they approach that July 1 date, you need to terminate and not do any work for one month, okay. one solid month. That month of July should be a no work month. And you also need to be careful not to enter into any sort of a contract with a school district, either verbal or written. Okay. So, you know, I mean, like my mom, for instance, mm -hmm. there that when she officially decided to retire, she's still working for the district, mm -hmm. but she's not doing it the way that she used to. You right. know, it's yeah. So for that month of July, it's it's kind of like you go on vacation, get exactly. away. Exactly. Yes. Don't talk to your principals. Don't talk to your superintendents. Don't don't do those types of things. Just tell them, hey, I will talk to you if I if I want to do something. I'll talk to you uh, in August. Okay. And, and that way you have that clear termination. The other thing to remember is to, of course, apply to retirement with us. And you may say, well, that seems obvious. Believe it or not, we've had individuals that have said to us, um, my check didn't get deposited in the month of July. And we say, we have no record that you've applied to retire. Wow. And they said, well, I told my school district that I was retiring. They had the cake for me and they had the party for me. But obviously... <laughs> There. You didn't do any work yeah. through PSRS peers. We need you to file a retirement application. We can certainly walk you through that whole process and, and help you in, in, in every way. Um, and then on the flip side of that, um, tell your school district. We have just the flip side where people will come to us, they'll file the retirement application, they'll do everything they need to do on our end, and then they really don't want to tell their district. And they wait till the last possible moment, and that causes some problems as well some anxiety sure yeah and i mean there would be from our end as an association there would be contractual issues possibly and and mm -hmm. some things that we would need to do to help them through that process right um but if somebody is getting to that point i mean i i know that you that psrs peers 
do you all do workshops all the time about right. the retirement process. You do them for school districts. You do them for you do them for us at our uh, at our convention yep. in November. Yeah. Um, if somebody is starting to think about this, there's in, regardless of whether it's this year or even next year, mm-hmm. what should what should their next? I mean, what how should they? get in contact with you all, what should they do next? Yeah, th- th- there's several different paths you can take and, and, and they're all really good. I always recommend that if somebody is approaching retirement, maybe even three to five years out, that they attend one of our pre-retirement seminars. And we have those across the state. We have those over the web. Um, those are wonderful overviews, about an hour, 15, hour and a half long of the entire process. Okay. If, if you don't want to go to a seminar, that's perfectly fine. You can do one-on-one individual counseling with us. And as I kind of remarked earlier, you can come into our office, just call ahead. We'll set up a, a benefit counselor for you. They will have already looked at your specific situation, maybe run some benefit estimates for you and be ready to talk through any mm-hmm. scenario that you may have. We can also do that same phone counseling or same counseling over the phone or we can do it over the web okay. with a Zoom call. Uh, I have people say, hey, can I bring my spouse or can I bring my my you know adult sure, child to sure. listen to this? Absolutely, you're, you're more than welcome to, to bring them as long as, as long as you're there, we'll be glad to share that information with you and talk through any scenarios. And yeah. I think that's, that's something I would recommend for everybody as they approach retirement. And I don't know if everybody knows this, but you're located in Jefferson City. Correct. So kind of in the center of the state. So yeah. if you wanted to make the trip up to, to or down to Jefferson City, then uh, it's it's a great location and a great facility. So that, you know, I, I would recommend if you could do it in person, I think you might be interested in actually seeing the facility in, your, in person. So. We absolutely would give you a, a nickel tour of, of your retirement system. <laughs> yes. We're happy to do that. Uh, we do see once in a while that a carload of, of teachers will come from a community oh, and they'll have three or four of them. They'll drive to Jefferson City. We'll get them set up with four different counselors. They'll have lunch in Jefferson City and then and just kind of make a day of it. Oh, that's uh, a great idea. It, it is. I, I think it works really well. Yeah, Daryl, I, I appreciate you. I mean, I took probably a lot more of your time no, than great. than I was expecting. I, we could probably have another hour conversation <laughs> no, we could. Uh, about uh, PSRS peers and, and where things are and where they're going to be. I, I hope maybe in the future I can uh, trick you into coming back to the office and, oh, I'd love to. and doing a, another uh, discussion uh, about where things are, what's going on. Yes. Um, if, if, you, if somebody wants... Where should they go if they want more information? And I'll put I'll put this in the show notes as well. But like the, you know the the URL for the or the website or yeah. If you go to www.psrs-peers.org, mm-hmm. that is of course our website. And then you can call our office. It's it's very easy. We don't have a a huge phone tree that you have to go through. It's just one eight hundred three nine two six eight four eight and we will be happy to take care of you. Okay, yeah, I'll put both of, I'll put both the website and the phone number in the show notes, so if somebody wants to check on that, they can. I'm sure that most members uh, know how to get in contact with you, but just in case, you know, we want to make sure that we put the information there so that uh, somebody has it if they need it. Um, Daryl, thank you again for being willing to do the show thank with you. me. Uh, we will uh, have another episode of MSTA Presents uh, in the future sometime soon. And in the meantime, I hope everybody has a great day and a great, uh, as you start to move towards the end of the school year, I hope it's uh, successful and productive and, and enjoyable as well, because I think it should be. So thanks for listening.